Kyle, we're glad you're better. Uh, and I know you're having COVID withdrawals, aren't you? I can tell that. Because you know what? To get a Primitive Baptist church to clap in a congregation, <laughs> it's kind of going beyond. I appreciate that, Kyle. We'll do better next time. I think we were just shocked, you know. <laughs> but um, I felt like clapping, too, when I felt better after COVID. I appreciate you doing that, Kyle. I had some COVID withdrawals last Sunday myself in preaching, and I may have some leftovers today if the Lord will help me. I want to talk to you today about the last letter in the acronym CRAZY, C-R-A-Z-Y. The crazy that I've been trying to paint for us is the fact that a Christian, a born-again believer, has to be crazy. Crazy in love with God. You would do crazy things, like come to a church to worship a God that you cannot see. Crazy things like having hope and, and belief in your life when you've lost the most precious part of your life. I mean, just crazy. But yet, it's the greatest blessing that God can give us. And we've talked about conviction. That's what brings it all on. Thank God that you're convicted of sin, of responsibility. They are, and we are responsible. The responsibility of believer under the power of a sovereign God is the way that we have to live our life in this world. We depend on God for everything. And yet we need to live like everything depends on us. We need to know that we have assurance. How in the world could the three Hebrews go into a fiery furnace had they not been assured that God's will would be done, that he would be with them? That's the kind of assurance that'll make you crazy. That's what it'll do. That's the kind of assurance that'll give a, a couple, a, a man and a woman, the strength to stand before an altar and say marriage vows. <laughs> Be able to take a risk, that's what marriage is about, but you do it with the assurance that it's God's will and that he will enable you. Last week we talked about zeal. Zeal is the spiritual energy that is motivated by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we might get burnt out of going down to the gym and doing push-ups. We might get burnt out of playing golf and washing dishes and cutting grass. But we will not get burnt out about doing God. <laughs> we won't. God is alive. He is the strength of our life, a fire within our souls. Yes, he may ebb and flow, but he'll never go out. You'll never wake up one day and have to be reacquainted with God. You won't. And today I want to talk about yield. What does yield mean? Yield means that we submit to the pressure of, of something or someone. It's like when you're going down the road and you get to a yield sign. What it means is the other lane has the right of way. Okay? Yield. 
May God bless us today to talk about that. I want to use a part of scripture that I visited maybe a while ago, but not in this same context. And it's found in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 5. And it involves a man by the name of Naaman who had a horrible disease called leprosy. Even though this man was very successful, you would think he had it all. I think Naaman is very typical of all believers. Leprosy in the Old Testament could not be cured. Sin cannot be cured. Naaman had it all, but he was a leper. He was a sinner, just like us. And yet, what he had to deal with was yielding or submitting himself to the one remedy that God provided. And that's what we're going to have to do. And that's what we're going to do. Because God has promised that his people become a willing people in the day of his power. I pray that today. I'm going to read some verses, and I want you to stand with me. Would you please do that? I'm going to read verses 8 through 14 of 2 Kings chapter 5. That won't cover all the story of Naaman the leper, but I may refer to some earlier verses and some later ones. But I think this part of the text gives us the crux of the yield that I want us to see from God's word. In verse 8, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And Naaman, or but Naaman was wroth, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abna and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than what when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. May the Lord bless you. Please be seated. Have you yielded yourself to Almighty God? I want you to answer that in your heart. But I want you to be realized and I want you to be warned of something. I don't believe that a believer, a born-again believer can with all assurity ever say in this life that you have really completely given your heart to Jesus. Surrender to him fully. I believe that in all of us, there's a little bit of doubt that I just haven't done this or that little part of me is still there. 
There's a little bit of sin that wiggles around in my life and, and you hate it, you know you do. And yet it seems to have a power over us that it ought not to have. But I'm going to tell you, and I believe with all my heart, that, that if we yield to God, until we yield to God, let me say it like this, we will not realize our purpose in this life. We will not have power in this life. And we will not in any way have peace in this life. Now if you want those three things, purpose, power, and peace, then you got to do it God's way. Okay? Now Naaman, he had everything, as I said. He was the captain of the Syrian guard. He had money. He had prestige. He had an entourage following him around, servants. He had a carriage. He had everything. But he didn't have a purpose. He didn't have power. He didn't have peace. Because he didn't have God. And if you have God, you're going to have a yielded spirit. See, the closer you get to God, it's not based on your performance, but your surrender. Okay? That's how we got to see it. Because that's how it is. So... I want to try to say that three things in this, in this point, and I want to note those three words with me. Purpose, power, and peace. My first point is this. To realize that the purpose of our life belongs to God and not us is the first yield sign that we have to get face on the road of life. You know what I'm saying? To realize that the purpose of your life belongs to God, not you. And you're going to have to yield to that. That is the first yield sign we've got to get to. Because I'm going to tell you, that's the only way we're going to realize our purpose. You will not realize your purpose until you give yourself to somebody else. Okay? That's surrender. Giving yourself to God. Why in the world would we not? I mean, here's the creator of the universe. A God that is good all the time, wise, knows exactly what's best for us, is able to do all things, and yet we want to tell the doctor what the remedy ought to be. You know, thinking about it, to yield to God is the call of our life with Christ. Jesus says that if we don't love 
him more than our mother and father and all the other things. We're not worthy of him. Can you give up the most important thing in your life and surrender it to God? If you do, and if you can, you must be crazy. That's what Abraham did. God says, Abraham, take Isaac, and you go up on the mountain and you kill him. And Abraham did it. Was he crazy? Yes, he was. <laughs> he was crazy enough to believe that God would raise him up because he was crazy enough to believe in the promises of God that his seed would be numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands of the sea. I mean, you know, not to yield to God. How foolish can we be? I mean, Jesus told Paul, why do you kick against the pricks? And when Paul yielded to God, he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Here's what happens. When we yield to God, he shows us the way. Proverbs says, you give me my, your heart, your whole heart, and I will show you my ways. But you know, we want it the other way. God, I will go down this road if you'll show me where it's taking me. God's not going to do that. Because he is a God that loves faith. To trust him and believe him. See, all of nature, when the storms come, the trees yield to the wind. I have seen storms come through my yard in Arcola. And I have seen the oak trees bend over. And the pine trees succumb to the storm. And then the next day, I go out there and they're all standing up. Where did the storm go? They took it in. And we have storms. And we got to understand that every storm we have has a purpose. This little maid that's telling Naaman where to go, you do realize she's a captive. The Bible says just a little maid. She could have had the attitude, well, you know, I've been separated from my family. Think about what happened. This Syrian army comes in, devastates her home, and just upsets her life. She's a slave to a foreign family. She could have said, I'm not going to give a rip about you. I'm not going to tell you how to do anything. But no, this girl is crazy. She yielded to God in her life and she said, God, I don't understand why this happened to me, but oh God, if this is my purpose, then oh God, I want you to use me. You see her surrender? 
Most of us get so bent out of shape because things of our life don't work out right. We walk around in this world mad with the world. When we ought to say, oh God, if this is your purpose for me, then Lord, use me. And she's the girl that made a point to tell her folks, to tell Naaman, that there was a man that could help her. And that man's name was Elisha. And that man's name means salvation is of the Lord. So what she was really saying is I know where you can get help from an incurable problem. And that help is God. Casting Crowns has a song called Nobody. And much of the song is about I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. See? That's a yielded life. That's what this girl was doing. You find your purpose. And don't you tell me, well, you know, I messed up. God uses broken things. He takes a broken marriage, even a divorce, and God makes something beautiful out of it. God takes a broken heart, and God mends it. You bring all the pieces to God, that's what you do. And God will put it back together. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to get good enough. Because God is in the business of making beauty out of ashes and causes the roses to blossom in the desert. Now God can do that. That's what he's doing here. But it's a yielding that matters. Number two, my point is this. You yield yourself only to the power that can break the power of sin in your life. Now I want to say something. And I don't say I, can, I got a full grasp of it. I got an inclination. I want the Lord to help me. But there's something that God has to do. When it comes to salvation, God has to intervene in our wills. W-I-L-L. See, your will is like your heart. Okay? So we're dead spiritually until God does that. In my view, there's no such thing as free will. I mean, there's churches that say free will. I don't understand it. I don't see it in the Bible. It sounds good. But this book is not going to flatter people. What Elisha tells Naaman is you are a leper. He didn't give a rip if he was a captain. 
See, the thing that we need to be cleansed from sin, the same remedy is for, for the homeless as much as it is the one that lives in a mansion. See, in that sense, the foot of the cross is all level ground. Okay? It is. So we have the will. See, you're either in bondage to sin or you're in bondage to Christ. There's no middle ground. You got that? There's not. Look at Romans chapter 6. And God tells us through the Apostle Paul. I think it's verse 16, but we'll find it. It's close. Verse 16, Romans 6. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. That is through the will, my friends. His servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. A fellow told me the other day that it's come through cocaine, meth. He said, I woke up one morning and he said, I realized I was hooked on that stuff. I didn't realize it before then. He said he told his friend that, and his friend said, man, I can't even tie my shoes without it. I don't know what it's like yet. I don't want to know. hope I never do. But you can become so addicted to drugs in your life, and you don't even know what it's doing until it's done. And the only power... And to break that is the power of God, of coming to Christ and saying, Oh God, you know that I hate this sin in me. And you won't say that and mean that until God has quickened your soul. And you realize that struggle is there. But he gives you that power. See, what we... What we like to do, what we often do, we don't follow our will, our redeemed will. We follow our emotions. Our emotions. Your emotions will get you in a mess. You start yielding to emotions. See, you can't control your emotions, first of all. But you can control your will through God, right? Years ago, we went to Dog Island, Florida, about this time of the year, and it's a long way, six or eight, seven-mile drive. Girls were small. See, I was driving. I knew where we were going. But we hadn't gotten to Glenville, and they want to know how much longer. Okay? I mean, there were times where literally we had to pull over. I mean, fighting and fussing. And I did the same thing when I was their age. See, I was, I, my, my driving is like your will. You got it? You can't let, I couldn't let the kids, one of us say, well, I'll just tell you what, we're just going to turn around. 
Because see, when we got over there on that beach, they forgot all about what they'd been through. See, that's why we need to see our will. That's where you get your power. The paradox is you won't find strength till you're weak. See, Naaman thought he could buy his way out of this. He could buy it. It's custom to do that. Elisha, it doesn't make a difference what you got. What you got to do is go to the Jordan and dip yourself in there seven times. Man got mad about it. It was too simple. Man, man, that's crazy. See, it wasn't the dipping in the Jordan that cleansed him. It was his obedience. You got that? Obedience, God says, is greater than sacrifice. You do what God says do. It will make you crazy. Noah built an ark because he did everything God said do. The way God said do it. See, that's your will. God writes his law in your heart because he establishes his will in your life. Do not rebel against him and, and fight and kick and scream. Know that your purpose belongs to God and not you. And let Christ, he's the only one that can break that power. Naaman had learned that. I got to go, I know, but my third point is this. The more you yield, you try it, the more peace you're going to have. You know why we don't have peace in our lives? I'm talking about in our hearts. We still have this idea that, like Naaman, I thought. Naaman said, I thought. I thought that this other river would be just as good. <laughs> no, there's only one way. You see, leprosy, again, was incurable. It started off really small, and, and it numbs the, the victim. And his skin starts falling off. And he has to be separated. And it's not the remedy wasn't given to the, to the, the captains, he might the priest, figure of God. He's the only one that could heal it. He, all he could do was observe it. But the more peace we have, it's going to be correlated to our yielding spirit to God. Giving up to God. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 7 before we go. And take it with you too, please. Let's see if I can find it. I know it's here close. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, you will have sinful tendencies and desires. They're not going to go away in this life. They're not. But if you yield to them, you are going down a road that leads to nowhere. 
But when you feel that, if you just say out loud, Jesus, you know my heart is deceitful. And you're telling the truth. Oh God, you know that this sin I'm thinking about is not really my central self. Help me, oh God. Take it away and he will do it. You can bid on that. You can be promised of that. That's what happened to Nathan. He got mad. He had some people that advised him, look here. So won't you go ahead and do it? You know, maybe we just need one another for that. I mean, we need encouragement to one another. Let's go ahead and do what God says. You know, don't worry about who's for you or who's against you. Worry about or think about God is with you. That's what peace. I mean, I've said before, and and you've experienced it too, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. And you think God is going to reveal himself to us when we're going to rebel against him and kick and scream about things that we don't see is working out in our life? Hey, we need to make every disappointment an appointment from God. God, this is my purpose. And I'm not saying be stoic about it and not ever want to do better. No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about having a yielded spirit. That's what this little maid had. And I'm going to tell you, God used her. And when Naaman went and yielded, that's what he's doing. When you yield to God, you believe him. It's a bane. That's how you submit to God. You obey. Therefore, James says, where's that therefore? In the verse before that, talks about the sovereignty of God. <laughs> That's why we submit to God. I'll tell you what happens to Nahum. Naaman. You find he's cleansed. Isn't that what we want to be? Cleanse from all our sins. We are, positionally, but practically, God says in 1 John 1, 7 that we will confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a submission to God. It's called repentance. <laughs> See, repentance is really agreeing with God about the condemnation of yourself. That's what repentance is about. But repentance is also hooked up with belief. Trust in him. I tell you, when God gives you the power, when you're tempted to not yield to that temptation, but to yield to God, you will find such strength you've never had before. And it prepares you and builds your life so that you then are able to even resist more temptation. But see, the devil, ever since Genesis 3, has been trying to convince people that they're gods. That's what Naaman kind of thought. I'm going to do it my way. God says, no, you're not. (laughs) 
we forget sometimes who's in charge. And that ought to be so comforting to us. Even as we face death, we need to yield to our age. Jesus said on the cross, his last words even, Lord, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That's the yielding. Can you say that? Can you realize that God says that his, our times are in his very hands? May the Lord bless us. If you can say that you have surrendered to God, may the Lord bless you to realize that the grace of God has established that in you. But understand this too. It's not a one-time deal. You're going to have to do it every day, okay? It's continual, this business of surrender. Because you don't know what you're going to face when you get home or even before we go. You don't know what a, a sin thought will come up in your mind. You have to deal with it. Are you going to yield to it? Are you going to claim the victory that's in Christ? You're going to be ruled by your emotions or your will, your redeemed will. May God help us to do that. I believe this is a practical application of the effects of the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ in every child of God. But I pray that the Lord will give us a submissive spirit to understand that as much as we can. And to ask God to help us serve him. And that's exactly what he came to do, to serve. He's called us to do that. Those that were notified of their spiritual life in the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 8, the Bible says there they gave themselves to the Lord and then presented themselves to the church. You see, I'll tell you what Naaman did, and we didn't get to that part. He attested publicly that he was surrendered or yielded to God. And I pray the Lord would help us. It, it gives us strength to do that. We can't sneak around and serve God with a yielded spirit. Well, we can't, we can't work and get good enough. We, we got to come like we are and say, God, I come. In Jesus' name, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Would you bow with me? We thank you, most precious Heavenly Father, for giving us a yielding spirit. Albeit, Lord, we often act like we're in charge. We're so ashamed of ourselves sometimes when we look back in our life and see that your ways have always been the best way. Remind us, Lord, that your thoughts are not ours, but they're so much better. And you have a good thought for us and an expected end for good. Oh, God, help us to realize that the purpose of our life is in your hand not ours. Help us to yield to that sign every day. 
Help us, Lord, to understand that the only power that can break this concealed sin in our hearts is the power of Jesus Christ. You are the only remedy for sin. Oh, God, forgive us when our evil imaginations cause us to fall in those areas of life of yielding to sin. Thank you, God, for preventing us from going down the road that so many have with drugs and alcohol and sex and worldliness. And we're no better than them. We're not. But God, we ought to clap our hands because of your amazing grace in our lives. We pray for those that are coming out of such bondages to be living testimonies as so many are. You will test us, God, so that we can be a testimony. Help the redeemed to say so because it is so. And Lord, as we go from this place, we pray, O oh Lord, that we can take your peace. You gave it to us before you ascended. Help us not to neglect the peace that passes understanding. The peace that will keep us together when everything else is coming unglued. Of knowing, oh God, a yielded spirit, a humble spirit, is a peaceful spirit. And one that you appreciate and have promised to bless. Thank you, God, for the time you've given us today. Bless, O oh Lord, your holy name among the multitude that gathered or will be gathering in this world this Lord's day. May we all be yielded to you, O oh God, the greatness of your countenance, the blessings of your presence, the power of your holy word will direct us and keep us close to thee and to one another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.